listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with The Network Incorporated. Studio recording by Bill Wangren. Editorial assistance from Brendan Tapley. Program development and support provided by Shart Media. To purchase a CD copy of this program, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN. That's 1-800-5-L-I-S-T-E-N. Or visit our website where you can also obtain an audio download of this and our other programs and can hear selected episodes free. You can access free written materials related to this program as well. Our web address is humanmedia.org. That's humanmedia.org. Again, if you'd like to purchase a CD copy of Humankind by phone, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN, and our web address is humanmedia.org. This segment of Humankind is entitled Healing Our Scars with Joe Beth Walt. The executive producer is David Freudberg. This is Humankind. 107.5 WHT-FM Bermuda. Hot 107.5. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the ownership, management, or staff of Hop 107.5 or Inner Island Communications Limited. It's now time for Orders of the Day, featuring your Sunday evening speaker, Kim Swan. And good evening, and welcome to Orders of the Day. Tonight, we have with us a very special guest who I will introduce in a few minutes. But to our listening uh, audience out there, I want to say you are tuned in to Hot 107.5 here in Bermuda. For our friends uh, streaming online at www.hot.com. Hot1075Bermuda.com, welcome. And those of you out there in Radio Land in Bermuda, happy Father's Day. Indeed, today is the first day of summer, and you're here with us, here live, with hot with two T's. And I can tell you what, I'm, I'm fired up tonight, uh, because... Uh, you know, tonight uh, we have a special guest, but th it's orders of the day, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we take orders, and uh, I'm going to stick to the script for as long as I can, because uh, uh, we have a special guest who uh, uh, certainly has proven in his life, uh, if you look and chronicle uh, their history, they know how to dance to the tune, but he liked the tune that we started up on. There's a natural mystic blowing in the air. And indeed, tonight, there is a natural, natural mystic blowing here on Hot 107.5, here on Orders of the Day. We start off tonight uh, with uh, parliamentary procedures, and uh, we know that uh, in Parliament we usually say our prayers and we face to the East to do so uh, very uh, religiously every sitting of the house. And orders uh, and obits and congrats are very much a, a feature of, uh, of Parliament. And uh, there are those who w want to say, well, why do you do it? 
Why? Because we as parliamentarians, or I'm a former parliamentarian and member of the legislature, we work for you people. We work for you. And how some can forget that. But we have to pay homage to those people in our community uh, who have done uh, well in our community and sometimes overseas. We're going to start off by sending out congratulations. And tonight the phone lines uh, will be open. Um, so you can call in at any time and uh, we'll try to take your calls, as many of them as come in. But we want to say congratulations to Ms. Sherry Jay, who was recognized and honored um, as the best of the best. We've known for a long time that uh, when it comes to talk show hosts, that she's outstanding. She does her research, um, and she knows how to articulate a position. And there's those out there who would say, hey, you know, um, um, yeah, she's articulating a position. Sometimes a person's position doesn't agree with your position. But she does a good job, such a good job, put, putting forward her position. And it certainly causes others to take a pause on their position. And it gives many of the voiceless in this country an opportunity to celebrate that someone is carrying on and carrying forth their, how they feel. So kudos to Ms. Sherry J. And Mr. I.O. Johnson was recognized uh, as well in the Best of Bermuda. And here's another gentleman who not afraid to swim against the currents of the tide. And usually persons like I.O. who swim against the tide uh, do so uh, to the detriment of themselves because a lot of times, you know, they're, they're struggling to make ends meet. But when you ply your trade, you believe in your trade, you will risk all to make sure that your trade is advanced and, I, and, 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 and upheld to the highest of integrity. And so to Sherry J. and I.O. Johnson doing a necessary service in Bermuda, uh, filling the void, filling the gap, I say congratulations tonight from Orders of the Day on behalf of Inter-Island Communications and Hot 107.5 FM, that's Hot with two T's, I say job well done. Keep on keeping on. And if I put on my sporting hat for a minute, you can't but give kudos to Mr. Stevie Dixon in the comment base. For an 18th time, and as he would put it, I crewed twice. And you think Stevie Dickinson could sit in a boat and crew after he had already won it about 12 times and not tell the skipper, listen, let me stand up there and, and fix this sail the way it needs to be fixed, and let's turn in this direction. Let's go a little wide towards St. David's and then cut back and take the cut, or let's, the wind's going, let's go in head first and then go wide and turn. Man, this guy knows sailing. He knows sailing. And sailing in Bermuda's been around for a long time for many and many various, for many various reasons. For many various reasons. And many of us have family members who not only sail comets, but um, certainly participated in a lot of the great sailing uh, ventures that have taken place uh, in, in, in this country, uh, dating back to uh, I'm saying centuries, centuries. And let us not forget that many ancestors did come aboard ships that had sails as well. 
And that leads me to the saddest of uh, things that I say tonight as we talk into uh, congrats and obits is uh, a necessary obituary for the Amy family worldwide, Charleston, South Carolina. And I know my guest here uh, has far more experience than I had uh, in uh, North America and particularly the South. Um, I have some very uh, unique experiences myself uh, in uh, the uh, state of South Carolina, many of the southern states in particular, but uh, Charleston I know very well uh, through my golfing exploits. And my heart goes out to that community in Charleston um, that had to bear the brunt of what is taking place in North America and by extension some of the pain that we feel even here in Bermuda. Because when you look at the origins of Emmanuel A.M.E. Church and you look to and you look at sailing and you look to see at the timeline that during the time that Emmanuel Amy Church found that necessary to form itself, I dare say that there were many a rig going between Charleston and Bermuda. No wonder when I felt so comfortable playing those golf links in Charleston, making history as I did, encountering what I did. But this goes well beyond that. This is, speaks to many of the tragedies that have been taking place in Baltimore and other communities in America and some of the frustrations that many articulate here in Bermuda. And we have to endure, as people say, get over it, and it doesn't exist, and turn a blind eye, and just, you just need to get along. But how are those families down there in Charleston supposed to just get along? And we certainly have to do more than just examine. There are serious times in that community, and there are serious times in our community. Godspeed to the Emmanuel Amy family, the Amy family in North America, in Bermuda, and wherever the Amy family has spread itself around the globe, and for all who stand in unity with Emmanuel. I pause for just a brief second to reflect on what those families are going through, what those children and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles and grandparents and the wider community, how they feel. Imagine how we felt as a community when we were gripped with um, situations that uh, rocked our lives, but this is rocking the, the lives of an entire nation and spilling over into an entire globe. And we pray to God that good can come from this terrible, terrible situ situation. So that's it tonight for who bits and congrats.
And we're going to move on to the next order of the day. And it's my job to also provide some insight into Parliament. And I'm just going to touch on one thing. There's a committee called Rules and Privileges. And usually, the, traditionally, the Speaker, all the committees of the House are convened by the Speaker. And Rules and Privileges have the Premier of the day and the opposition leader of the day and their whips. But during my tenure as an opposition leader, uh, I was very blessed to have a very seasoned politician on my benches who was the uh, House leader who we felt needed to participate in the, in the um, proceedings of rules and privileges. And uh, the premier of that time had a very seasoned politician, former premier in his ranks, who felt. And through rules and privileges, um, these two persons who are diabolically at that particular time opposed were able to hold hands and agree that the rules of parliament in around 2009 needed to be modernized. So that's a little bit of something about the rules and privileges. And I'm going to suspend the rules and uh, the proceedings and move on now to the main order of the day to introduce to you a person in Bermuda who needs no introduction, former premier of the B Bermuda, the gentleman that I spoke of when I mentioned that uh, when I was opposition leader, he was uh, premier of Bermuda, and a person who I've had to sit opposite against and challenge. Today I sit here as host of Orders of the Day, welcoming him uh, to uh, Orders of the Day. Dr. The Honorable Yudgram, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you very much. I want to congratulate you on your new program. And, and, and first of all, I want to also congratulate <coughs> Inter-Island Communications uh, and its CEO, uh, MP Glenn Blakeney, who had the vision to make the decision to have you do this, and only someone who has vision would be able to pull this off because one would have to see past first base in order to make the appropriate decision. And I applaud him for doing that, and I think that he and his wife are doing a fantastic job in this community. Well, thank you very much uh, for, 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 that, uh, for that opening. Uh, I uh, certainly um, want to endorse that right off the bat. And uh, I'm certainly here with uh, someone who has vision, and uh, that's something we'd like to get into. But before I do that, I have uh, in studio uh, a young lady who knew you before I did, <laughs> and uh, she just would like to um, have the opportunity just to say one or two words. I never say one or two words. Good evening, Bermuda. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. To you, Thank Kim, you. and happy Father's Day to Ducky. Thank you. And this Thanks. is my wife, Ursinda Marina Swan, on the, with us sitting here right now. What I wanted to share with Bermuda today publicly um, is how Kim and I met. Kim and I met, I was in... Um, living in Jamaica, and I was on the board of the Montego Bay Chamber of Commerce and Kim had come down to play golf. And we met, and 
you know, Kim tried to chat me up immediately, trying to buy me drinks at the cocktail party, which, <laughs> you know. And I, I ne never really heard much about Bermuda. So um, after he left that evening, he left his number and everything and kept calling and calling. And one day, a friend of mine, I was out having um, a drink with a friend of mine, um, and he said to me, I, no, I said to him, I said, you know, I met this guy from Bermuda. I said, you know, he was a little different. I said, because, you know, he had on these little schoolboy shots <laughs> <laughs> with some long socks. And I said, and he was, that was his dress, you know, his um, Sunday best dress clothes, we would call it, in, you know, in the Caribbean. I said, but he's from Bermuda. I said, you know, I've never, I, you know, I don't know anything about him. So my friend said to me, he said, well, you know something, he says, I have a good friend in Bermuda. He says, and I'm going to, you want me to find out about him for you? And I said, sure. I said, because, you know, he could be a serial killer or something. I don't know, you know, this man coming in anyway. So anyway, my, two weeks went by, and my friend Kirky called me, and Kirky said, uh, oh, I found out about your friend in Bermuda. He said, so I said, what'd you find out? He said, well, he said, my friend said, Good man, wrong political party. <laughs> and I want to share with you, you were, before you and Kim get into your right. you know, dialogue, mm -hmm. is thank you. Because if, if you had said one bad thing about him, I would yeah. have never talked to him again. Right. You know, so, and we've gone through L.A. with, you know, with, with, with Dee and Russell mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. of them. So mm -hmm. we've had mutual friends in Jamaica. And I just wanted to publicly thank you because I got a good husband. Oh, good. Be because you made a good recommendation. Well, you know, I had, I, now that you told the story, I do remember the details. And uh, I just told the truth at the time, which is what I felt, you know. <laughs> so that's good. Well, I, pub I publicly wanted to thank you. And good night, everybody. <laughs> Well, there we go. There you go. You never know. You never know. But, and you never know when you're, when you're walking around who you're going to run into. But you started off this show uh, complimenting uh, Mr. Blakeney here at uh, Inter-Island and, and Mrs. Blakeney, and I endorsed that. And you talked about vision. And you know, the, just the other day when we were watching the Comet races... Uh, and we were going up, uh, to do traveling up on by boat to dockyard. Mm -hmm. There was a, a fast ferry going down, and before we got off of um, Spanish Point, there was a fat, that same fast ferry going back to dockyard. And I smiled. What's all of you lovers in the corner there, you know, with a, you know, dark and stormy, you're smiling to yourself? I said, you know, I remember when we used to beat up on the government about fast ferries yep. and saying, you know, that money should be put into education. Mm -hmm. And where would we be today without that vision? And I just wanted to, to, to say that uh, that and uh, indeed any number of uh, things that you did, have done mm -hmm. took, that type of, uh, took that type of vision. Um, can you just speak to us about... Uh, where does that come from, from you? Well, you know, Kim, I, you know, I, I, I don't like uh, patting myself on the back, but I can only tell you <clears throat> that, first of all, any gift that I have comes from God. Uh, 
And then it depends on how I am able to use that gift to the benefit of the people. Uh, when I became Minister of Transport, you know, I, I mean, I didn't even think I was going to be in the cabinet. I was the last minister called. And the premier at the time said, I have one ministry left, and it's not a big ministry, and, uh, and, and uh, I, I would like to offer you transport. And I remember saying to her directly, Madam Leader, I just want to be in the room. Yeah. And she said, fine. Mm -hmm. And so what was later described as vision was really just what would have happened had I been in sports or, or health or wherever it was. It's just a drive to make things better. And in order to make things better, one has to believe that some things are not quite right. Some things are not quite and right. And try to fix it. And try to fix it. Yeah. yeah, and that's just the way it is. I think that's why I loved practicing medicine. I loved it, man. I just loved the challenge. That's your passion. A passion to fix it. Mm -hmm. Fix it, you know, and I'm, I'm still working on me as one of the projects that, that get, needs to be fixed every now and then. But the fact is that one must, I believe, uh, have the passion in order to serve passionately. Yes. You, you have to have it. Yes. You know, and, it, and I tell people sometimes, I'll, I'll make a comment and say, you know, I don't think so-and-so is a natural politician. And sometimes they'll say, what do you mean? I said, because the energy level the natural energy level for service isn't there. Many of the other characteristics may be there. Uh, one may be an articulate speaker. One may be a very able fundraiser, you know, and, and, and have other qualities. But I believe that the essential quality, the quality without which I don't believe one should seek public office, is passion. Mm -hmm. You know, passion for seeing people's lives improve. You had a you had a, you didn't have it easy coming back to Bermuda. Uh, I I kind of remember uh, <laughs> that you were challenged even when you when you yes. first came came home, notwithstanding any other challenges you may have had, but uh, even to get into Parliament. Yes, you were challenged. Yes, I was yeah. challenged because I well there have been challenges all along the way, but I don't want to give away my book. Uh, <laughs> but but all along the way there have been challenges. My father used to say to me. You know, I've learned something about you. I said, what? He was about 70 years old then. He said, you hate riding a bike on the level or downhill, don't you? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. He said, you prefer uphill. Hill. I said, yep. You got to dig deep. Yep. Yeah. Good. I mean, that's good advice. I mean, that must have served you well when you were a young man. Uh, being in, 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 in track. A lot of people don't know that you're, that you're an athlete. Well, you know, I was. Uh, and, I, you know, it, it's interesting that you say that because I do believe that there's a direct connection between the kind of internal well that you have to go to in order to, to sustain and, and win in track and field. It's the same kind of source that you have to go to in politics or business in order to succeed, mm -hmm. you know? And you, I just think that, and you don't have to win every time. I tell my, my, my friends, young friends, uh, nobody wins every time, but you can try all the time, yeah. you know? Just keep on pushing 
and and trying to win. And so I experienced that when I when I came home and 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 was elected in 1993. Um, most people didn't expect me to win. I don't know if you remember, but the the Royal Gazette at the time ran a survey or something, and they they had some editorial conclusions about each political competition. And when it came to me, they had one sentence. Dr. Brown is unelectable. Mm. And I beat Sir John Sharp by 14 votes in 1993 in Warwick. I, w I was from Flats. I didn't yeah. know a lot of people in Warwick, but I worked hard and was rewarded with a 14-vote victory. Well, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine who lived uh, on St. Mary's, St. Mary's yeah. Road. She was a young woman at the time. Uh, we were all much younger then. Yeah, that was 1993. That was 1993. <laughs> uh, listeners out there, you do the, you do the math. And we were some young people then. Yeah, yeah, we're, and uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't run in that election, but I remember uh, one of your patients, she was a friend of mine, and she said, I'm voting for that man. I, that young doctor, that young doctor that's down there now, that, that, that's who I'm going with. <laughs> and um, I often say that it's important in politics to have a medical doctor in the house. And I could be wrong, but I don't believe there's one in the house today. Not not today. A, not, 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 today. Not, not, not a practitioner. That's correct. And... And we've seen uh, legislation that mm -hmm. comes forward that, uh, that is egregious to practitioners. Right. And, 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 and I certainly, I certainly, uh, I certainly feel uh, that, uh, you know, it's necessary for a political organization to be uh, well-rounded well yeah. and, uh, and to see... Um, Policies come forward where the people have to rise up and and protest, and we see in any number of occasions that that happen. I think, in with regards to your discipline, you can speak to it far better than me. But one of the first things that came to my mind is that there's no there is no medical practitioner in the House of Assembly. How do you feel as a medical practitioner who once was a legislator? Well, I I think that it's not a necessary situation, but it's a good thing to have. And if you don't have it in the house, there are sufficient uh, 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 numbers of medical practitioners on the island who could be consulted about things. And I think that any leadership in today's world, with all the attention being paid to health care and health care costs, has got to have at least one or two uh, health sources, so to speak, resources, to turn to, especially before policies are changed or legislation is, is changed. I mean, otherwise you end up pulling back, as has happened in two cases now, the pre-authorization idea and then the mammography idea, both of which were withdrawn when they need not have even happened in, in the first case. They were overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly rejected by the medical community. And this... this this tug of war that seems to go between what the agenda, what the political agenda might be, and what's in the best interest yes. of those who are actually that's actually practicing, and 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 then when you throw in um, the, the the third dynamic in there, 
and I'm going to declare my interest. There are those of us out there in this community that don't have health, that can't afford health care. They're out yeah. there hustling, yeah. uh, working yeah. nights after they knock off from their day job. Hey, hello, right. I'm just a, I'm just, no I'm just a radio personality <laughs> here, you know, doing it. But I'm not alone. No. And there are many out there doing two and three just to be able to survive through these these hard times. That's right. And 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 when we see. Um, policies that are coming forward where then the masses have to rise up and, and you're rising up against folk that got a lot of, got a lot of cash to be able to uh, spend their position any which way but the right way to get across a point. How is that serving, Mr. Well, Mrs. Bermuda? Well, Kim, you know, I think it, it's fundamental in politics that once you have given people something, one must be careful when attempting to take it away. Mm -hmm. uh, people get used to things, get used to policies, get used to schedules, get used to options. And with mammography, for example, what you saw was basically the women of Bermuda, I think, at some point, the yes. women of Bermuda simply said, why are you taking this away from us when you have no evidence that it's going to help us and it's going to result in more women not having mammograms until they're 50. Mm. And every woman in Bermuda knows someone who developed breast cancer before 40, if not 50. Who may not have been in, even in a high-risk category. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that in most cases, Bermuda is a high-risk community, especially among the black people in the community. And the reason for it is quite simple. Uh, in addition to the fact that our lifestyle are sometimes counterproductive. You know, sometimes we don't eat well, we don't exercise well, and we don't, uh, and we don't drink and eat, you know, the, the correct things. Um, in addition to that, there's a gene pool situation. We mm. have a small gene pool. We are related. We're cousins. You know, when Derek calls everybody cousins, he's not lying. He's not lying. Hey, there's some and, truth to that. Yes, and so if we are all cousins, then we all have a genetic connection. Mm -hmm. Most diseases can be found to have genetic patterns. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a small community like Bermuda, you have to be careful because if there's one genetic pattern out there that puts people in a high-risk category for breast cancer, then it might mean that you have a higher number of people at risk than you would if this, if this were a larger community. Yes. Okay? And so it's important for people to know that. that and I can tell you, I, we had a, a technician who worked for us uh, a few years ago. She came from Emory University in Atlanta. And she told my wife, she was a CT tech, and she said, you know, Mrs. Brown, I worked at Emory for years, and I would screen 15, 20 people a day, and maybe I would find two or three uh, that, that showed some problems, some abnormalities. She said, but here in Bermuda, it's more than half. So we've got, we've got some serious issues. We've got issues. some serious issues. And, 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 and some people think that when I say this because uh, I'm in the business of diagnostic imaging that I'm simply trying to feather my own nest. But I don't do mammograms. Bermuda Healthcare doesn't do mammograms. Okay. And I was very firm about the need to keep the, the, the screening schedule as it was, as it is. It's important to do that. And, and, and when you're screening in, in some communities, if you don't 
lower the bar for screening so that more people can get in, then when you raise it, even more people drop out mm-hmm. because there's the issue of self-discipline. There's the issue of, 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 of just being pressured for, uh, from general lifestyles and all, all of that counts when you look at what people do when they have the option of getting their health screening done. So it's important. I, I think it's just important, period. And I will always speak out in favor of, of what is best for patients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that there's been some, some call for uh, you know, some, a bipartisan approach to uh, health care re- sure. reform. Sure. Um, it's, it's, it's not being taken up right now, but uh, how would you look at... Well, I think that in Bermuda, we have an organization called the Bermuda Medical Doctors Association, yeah. currently presided over by Dr. Henry Doling. Um, I find him to be objective and, and a good leader. Uh, and before him, there was Dr. Joanna Sherrod Wire. Um, the membership of that organization is broad, covering just about every doctor in Bermuda or most. And I would think that the government would consult that group at least when making major medical decisions, not just get the doctors who are on the government payroll to come out and endorse the government's position. Mm-hmm. That's a you know that's a no-brainer. You need to get the true opinion of the doctors who are not on the government payroll and who may have an opinion that could be different. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not ask these doctors what they think? That's important to engage um, a wider audience. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take some calls uh, uh, before we be, be, before we do before we do uh, do that. Um, I just want to touch on one thing. You said uh, uh, you have to be careful what you take away. And uh, before I take that call, I just want to hold this thought, is that uh, just this weekend in the paper, we, uh, I believe it was on the Europe administration, mm-hmm. we made uh, uh, Bermuda College allowed uh, education yes. for, to, be, to, be, free. to be free. So it's come full circle yeah. when a lot of other countries are moving uh, in, 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 in the same uh, in direction. Any, any thought to that? Well, I believe that if, if we're going to truly produce a better educated population. Let me, let, me, let me say this, because it's time to say it. Look, for at least 50 years, Bermudian parents have been sacrificing and sending their children abroad to be educated. Yes. College educated, university educated. We have paid tuition for the education of thousands. Accountants, uh, biologists, teachers, doctors, lawyers, And yet, when you look at who is running Bermuda in terms of being in those positions of influence and authority, all of a sudden you don't see the manifestation of that sacrifice that those parents made to educate their children. Where are they? And don't tell me that they all went to bad schools. Right. You know, where are they? Something is preventing them from being on the play field, uh, on the playing field, and when they get on that playing field, many times they don't find it level. It's as simple as that. And, and, and let's just touch on the, on, on the, on the uneven playing field, because uh, last weekend uh, we had uh, in-house uh, Mr. Cordell Raleigh of Profiles yes. for Bermuda. Mm-hmm. And save and accept for uh, the position of Bermudians uh, who overwhelmingly were against the airport. Seventy-five percent of Bermudians from all categories were against the airport. All of his polls 
continue to show the vicious polarization that, ha that oh, yeah. hangs at, over our head in Bermuda. And the government, and, and from its leadership, will avoid this issue. We'll avoid it, and, and, it, and, and I, I, can't, I can't take it anymore. There are mm -hmm. many Bermudians out there that are saying, hey, you know, uh, the policies of, that are impacting Bermuda, um, whether or not it be uh, how they go about uh, administering and fa trying to fast-track uh, a mm -hmm. position on status mm -hmm. that they found in a loophole mm -hmm. or, 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 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you look at any, tr any, any person's trade, I can look at even my trade and see where, you know, it's one-sided. Oh, there's no question. I mean, no sense dancing around it. And I'll tell you, any country, any government that continues to dance around the issue of race will have more than Charleston has on its hands. Okay? It is not an issue to be ignored. It is not an issue to be played with. It is a serious issue. And, and I think, you know, I've been calling for it for years, for yes, us indeed. To, to confront it and face it. You, know, you, you introduced the, uh, the um, big conversation mm -hmm. I remember mm -hmm. uh, seeing in the, in the film. I remember yeah. even the premiere of today featured in the film. That's right. And not too long after that, the, the, the Anglican Bishop uh, Rattery mm -hmm. called for truth and reconciliation yeah. of Bermuda style. I believe Curb called for it. Yeah. I believe even the premiere of the day, yes. today's premiere, yes. at that particular time in opposition, you know, somewhat embraced that. Mm -hmm. Time has passed. Yeah. Um, we've had, and today, 2015, the, all the indicators yeah. uh, that, uh, the, you know, particularly the black community in Bermuda mm -hmm. is, is severely disadvantaged mm -hmm. economically yeah. and socially. And, uh, you know. Well, you know, uh, let me say this. You've mentioned that 75% of the people in the survey were against the airport. It's not the airport that they're against. Okay. They are against the handling of this particular airport. Uh -huh. that, that's what they're against. Okay. They, they don't like hearing that, that financial instructions should be ignored in the, in, in the interest of time. And they're get the, inter, the, the rules are getting in the way. How does time change? Yeah. yeah. All along, financial instructions were used to beat up on governments, yes. right, when they didn't follow them. Yes. Right? And now they are disposable. Mm -hmm. They're disposable. So that's something. But let me say this to you. You mentioned the disadvantaged status of, of black Bermuda. You know, what happened in Charleston, of course, is on the minds of all of us. And, and I was saying to my wife earlier today, you know, there are different ways, Kim, of killing people. It doesn't have to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a, a crazy man going in a church and shooting uh, nine people. It can be done by the words of Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway, killing me softly. You can mm -hmm. kill people softly, slowly. Just drain, drain the energy, drain the economic resources. Drip, drip by, drip, drip by, by drip. drip. That's right. Drip by drip. Death by a thousand cuts. Let me, ju let me just interject this. I got to ask, I got to ask this question, um, Dr. Brown, because someone put it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, a great defender. <laughs> Dr. Braun, I sense it. I was the person who tabled a motion to uh, against against you and your government. Yes. Uh, how could you, if you have, look at me today mm -hmm. and sit here mm -hmm. 
or for any forgiveness of me or mm -hmm. the position. Mm -hmm. how, how, how could you do that? Because, you it's know. Easy. It's easy, Kim. And, you know, I have to tell you that it, 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 it simply goes to the fact that I think I have a clear understanding of why you were doing what you did. My mother did it. My aunt did it. Mm. So I had seen my people do that before. And so I wasn't going to get angry with you, just like when the guy called and asked, and, and, and asked me about you and your future wife. You know, if I was going to let the politics determine my answer, Amen. I would just say that, oh, he's no good. Mm. But I don't know you to be no good. Yeah. I knew you to be a good man. You happened to be in the wrong political but, party. Oh. And that was it for me. And when you stood up and did the censure motion, I, didn't, I closed my eyes and I didn't even see you. On that note, we're going to take our... We're going to open the lines and call. I'm sorry, Mr. Cole. I saw it ringing. And... Uh, uh, Dr. Brown, uh, Dr. the Honorable Hewitt Brown is in the house on orders of the day. We're having a uh, discussion about uh, uh, politics and Bermuda as it, as it stands. And uh, we're going to take our first call of the night. Call it. Uh, turn your feedback, your radio down to avoid any feedback. Uh, you're yes, on orders I did of the turn day. my radio off. Thank you. Ken. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling orders of the day. Thank you. Um, Dr. Brown, happy Father's Day to you, sir, and to Kim. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Hope sir. Hope you're having a great one. Yes, so far, so um, good. I wanted to just call and, and make an observation, maybe ask your opinion on, on, on an issue, on a few issues. Okay. Um, you may not remember me, Dr. Brown, but I definitely remember one of your um, gestures that you made in the Drum Major Awards some years ago when you were the premier. Mm -hmm. I do remember being presented with the award, um, because in my capacity as an officer of the Somerset Brigade Band, we received an award. At the time, your chief of staff was my friend, Wayne Keynes. Yes. And it was held in the cafetorium at the Barclay. Um, I certainly embraced that you had presented the band with that award, and I, that was, for me, for the band, that was a signature honor. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. And, um, you know... I'm, I'm a musician. I don't mind people knowing who I am. I, my name is Graham Mole. I'm the vice president of the Somerset Brigade Band. My grandfather played in that band. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Rattery. I, Kim, Kim is really a Somerset Rattery. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I'm clear. I'm you know, very he, clear. He, he, he might be a swan, and, and, but in my mind, he'd always be associated with the Rattery. <laughs> Aldous, Aldous, my grandfather, Aldous, but his... I know about the Ratteries because I grew up on Rattery Lane in Somerset. I am an Ely's Harbor person. Beautiful. Anyway, but to me, what, what I, stands out about that is that when I compare the, the, the government's interest in, in supporting the community organization of the Somerset Brigade Band, if I compare that with what we have today, mm -hmm. where we have an immigration policy that is clearly disenfranchising our, our, our musicians. Mm -hmm. And I examine your role in tourism and, in, in, and, and, you know, and ask myself, during your time in tourism, I think that you're probably aware that a lot of people wanted to see um, a higher level of entertainment in Bermuda. I see organizations like Somerset Brigade Band providing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we could talk all night about all the people that have been through Somerset Brigade Band, but for me, some of the signature people, some of the top-notch entertainers that we've had, 
you know, you could talk about um, people like Pat Gilbert. You could talk about people like um, Kenny Iris, Tritz Scott. Mm -hmm. You could mm -hmm. talk about, um, you know, all these top musicians, um, Clifton Robinson. We've had a lot of world-class entertainers in Bermuda. Mm -hmm. And today we find that our musicians are, are just under, under attack, unfortunately, because of this change in the policy. Are yeah, you aware yeah. of how the policy yes. changed? Yes, yes, I'm aware. And, and again, you know, it, it depends on, on, on who you consider your primary uh, service recipients. I mean, yeah. that, that's just how it goes. And, yeah. you know, in losing the government, I think that the country, uh, therefore, lost that particular direction. And, 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 and Bermudians uh, will just have to understand that, uh, that the interest is directed in another way, in yeah. another form. Uh, well, when I certainly hope that we can see that positively revoked for the benefit of those musicians who have remained on the island. I want to say to all of the fellow members of the Bermuda Entertainment Union, even though we may be few in number, I feel that we have uh, support from a wider community. Also, I think that it's essential that we try to introduce more local entertainment if we want to revitalize tourism. That, for me, is There's the no key question. point. There's no question, and that is what we attempted to do. It started with yeah. David Allen and the Gumbays, yes. and then we moved it on up, and people were working. I mean, during our administration, uh, for, for the most part, musicians who wanted to work were working. Yep, yep. And if it hadn't been for your government uh, doing certain things, I don't think that we would have had as many opportunities. People think that we're only focusing on local musicians in our union, but we've had people who have benefited from having experiences with people like Quincy Jones, That's right. who received That's that right. um, Diaspora Award that yes. year. It's, let, me, let me just say, that, you know, I just discussed this about two weeks ago with someone. We were discussing the music festival. And, yep. and, and, of course, the opposition at the time, the current government, described the music festival as a great waste of time. And mm -hmm. there were people even in the PLP who felt like, you know, it was is a waste of money, et cetera. But see what you just said? If one Bermudian got to collaborate with Quincy Jones right. and play with these people, that's a great honor. And it, it sparks and generates interest locally. Yep. That's what happens. And so, yep. so every investment it does not see an immediate return. No. But if you can invest $125 million as a guarantee on Morgan's Point for a hotel that you cannot see yet, then you can invest money in your people. Uh, thank you, caller. I, I, I apologize. I, I may have um, uh, uh, inadvertently no. uh, disconnected uh, Mr. Mole that time. Um, and I do believe uh, we have another caller on the air. Caller? Yes, good evening. How are you? Very very good. Thank you. You're on orders of the day. Good evening, Kim. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Doc. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. I wish you open up a conversation in regard to this. We keep talking about this race issue in Bermuda. Mm hmm What I wish you open up is this. Bernberg Conference. Economics. This issue that we have in Bermuda is the issue that we have around the world. It's nothing to do with race. It's to do with money. It's to do with... Come on, Doc. You know what I'm talking about. Well, let me say this to you. I would respectfully disagree because if it had nothing... To, if it had all to do with money, then black people with money wouldn't be having the Oprah Winfrey experience. No, but it's because 
They control it. Yeah. They control those not, not just control it. They they define what is money. Right, and that's, well, that's why I the want to power. take it there. That's the power. I'm trying to take a and that's why I'm opening this conversation yes. on the earth. Yes. So our people will understand mm. who's controlling. I think our people are clear on it. You know, I, I don't think our people know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that. I would say that. I think you know. Yes, yes. I think I know. Yeah, but I, I can't be so, I can't just uh, write off. Uh, but the average like people that I know, mm -hmm. guess what, Doc? What? They don't know. They don't know. And I've showed them certain things, and they're like, what? Well, you just have to keep doing Let me your call best. one name to you. Russ Charles. Yes. Who controls? They are the family in this world that controls probably somewhere around half of the wealth in this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about, let's go to politics. Politics is nothing but wealth. Wealth and politics. Well, if you want to control politics, you have to have the wealth. Mm -hmm. Our problem is we can't get our people to understand, guess what? Support your own. You support your own. Thank you, caller. And if you support your own, you control the wealth. Right now, they have us hoodwinked. Thank you, caller. Uh, our lines are lighting up. I'm going to take a few cool. more calls. Okay, okay. No, thank no, you no, very much. We appreciate but your contribution. Thank you very much. And, hey, wealth and politics Yes. something we need to discuss. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Thank you. Good evening, caller. You're on orders of the day. Hi. I just have a very quick one. Thank you. I apologize yes, uh, right. for, yeah. for that. Um, Dr. Brown, yes, sir. In, in examining health, this is a very brief one. I just want to touch on this. We have, in Bermuda, we have a cultural understanding with Cuba. Yes. For, for cultural understanding, that's, that affects music and musicians. But at least we now, have one. To what extent do you think that it would be beneficial for our health in Bermuda if we mm -hmm. could also have some form of health care? Connection. Connection. Because... Cuba and, and everyone who I talk to who knows about medicine mm -hmm. says that Cuba is so far ahead of everyone that it's not even funny. Well, there's no like question. I'd like to have your, your yeah. um, exploration of that subject. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, sir, and have a lovely Father's Day. Thank you very okay. much. I'll listen off air. Thank, Thank you for you. your contribution. Thanks. That's okay. interesting, you know, because one of my good friends in the Bahamas regularly goes to Cuba for mm -hmm. his medical care. Mm -hmm. uh, it's less expensive. It is just as sophisticated. And Cuba has established under Comandante Fidel Castro um, a wonderful uh, strategy with respect to training physicians, educating and training physicians. And then in the 80s, he started exporting physicians to Africa and other parts of the Caribbean yes. and Central and South America. So that Cuba has now become a powerhouse medically. Now, in terms of Bermuda... Uh, connecting, I don't see. I don't think you're going to see any official uh, connection that way. But there's nothing to prevent individuals from going down and taking a look and 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 trying to determine whether they would like to receive services uh, in the Cuban system from the Cuban system. 
Uh, it's a good system. I have uh, had communication with doctors about patients down there, and um, they, they do a very good job. So uh, hats off to the Cubans. And in the Bahamas, as I was saying, many people mm -hmm. leave the Bahamas and go over to Cuba, uh, and Jamaica for that, that matter, and uh, seek Cuban medical care. So it's, it's high-rated, it's high first-class medical care in Cuba. And I, I think that we could learn a lot. But, but I think one of the things we can learn a lot from Cuba about is how to handle local care. How to, how to handle local care instead of setting up a clinic here and a clinic there in a sort of a haphazard way that we've done it. We still have carryovers from the 40s and 50s, the Victoria Street Clinic and all of that. That's from the 40s. A bygone era. bygone era. It's not done like that anymore. Put a label up here and say, okay, all you indigents come here or all you so-and-sos come here. That's not the way healthcare is delivered in a modern uh, era. So, yes, Cuba has a lot to offer, and I urge Bermudians uh, to look into it. And I appreciate the, the, the call of calling in and, and, and bringing culture to, culture to life here mm -hmm. this, this, this mm -hmm. evening. Uh, we're going to take another call. We're getting near the top of the hour. Uh, you're on orders of the day. Thank you for calling. Good evening. Hello. Yes, good evening. Call you're on orders of the day. You. Go ahead, caller. I'm calling from St. Kitts. You're calling from St. Kitts? Yeah. Welcome. Calling from down home, so <laughs> you're, you're, you're speaking Who to... Who am I speaking to? This is uh, Kim, Kim Swan, your evening... Yeah, my your cousin. E your evening host. Yes, yeah, you're my cousin. cousin. My grandmother was Ismay Agatha. She married a sworn in Bermuda. My aunt, Ismay, it's my aunt. She, she, was, she <laughs> had family in there, the gums and the mills yes, and them. I'm a gum. Oh, wow. <laughs> my... That is great. Cousin. That's great. That's yes, great. Auntie Lawrence. Auntie Lawrence, yes, that's my that's my that's my that's my auntie there. And you know yeah, I'm Dolores too. And you're Dolores as well. So we can't Yeah, so, I'm Dolores. Oh wow. So and Ismay had a daughter named Dolores. So Kayamba Kayamba Ka, is my nephew. Kayamba your nephew, Kayamba. <laughs> Kayamba is um, um St. Kitts is your daughter. Oh, really? Kayamba, great footballer, yeah, played okay. in Asia and, and all of us, oh, okay. played for the national yes, team. Yes, right now he's in Australia. Wow. Oh, that's something. Wow, and, 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 and Cousin Basil. Yeah, and Basil and St. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Basil come up here all the time. He was up, <laughs> yes, he was, he was up here for cup, he was up here for cup match last, 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 last year, and uh, Rosina was, was with him. She, she. Oh, I she, speak to Rosina often. Rosina sent me emails. The, the, the U.S. Open was out there in Wa Seattle, and Rosina sent me um, um, pictures of uh, Washington and tell me I've got to come there. So. <laughs> Small yeah, world, I see often. Cousin, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you call in and listening in. We have uh, Dr. Brown in the house here, former Premier of Bermuda, and we're talking here. Oh, Thelma Brown? Thelma Brown. No, no. Dr. Hewitt Brown. Oh, no, I don't know him. Yeah. But, but you it have somebody down here from Bermuda. You met, you had met the Prime Minister before? Yes, Mr. Then Douglas, Mr. yes. Yes, yes, yes. He's my yes. friend. He's my friend. Is your friend? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he said he met you. That's right. Yes. We, we met many times. Yeah. Yes. yes. He didn't tell you he knew us? Of course. He has yeah. a, and he has, relative, he has relatives here. The Douglases, That's right. The Douglases in St. Kitts and the Douglases in Bermuda have the same nose. 
his his his, his cousin yeah. here. He had this, the, their grandfathers or brothers. And uh, yeah. one of one of my friends came right over, and I took a picture of him. I says, "Look at that! Look at that Douglas nurse boy! It came right up from St. Kitts to Bermuda, cousin." Well, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna get you. I, I speak to Emily all the time. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you for calling in, and I'm gonna yes, get I'm okay, gonna get nice your number talk. and call you when I get when I get off here. Thank you for yes, calling okay. up for, from St. Kitts. Love you. Love you. Bye bye. Because you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and, and, well. and 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 I gotta go here, Doc. I gotta go here. You know, growing up in this divided country. You know, that's my daddy's first cousin. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I never met you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when my grandmother who. Mother Amy Rose, mm -hmm. right, from Somerset, brought her daughter here at age of 16 mm -hmm. and, 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 and then married my, my grandfather. Whenever one of her nieces from her brother's children came to Bermuda, mm -hmm. they were home in her house. Okay. But that divide that, that keeps us as a people apart keeps us from knowing that the Prime Minister of St. Kitts has second and first cousins in Bermuda who have never met. Yes. Yes. And for people do, who, who would look down, down home, and I've got it, down home, uh -huh. and Anguilla, and St. Kitts, if I dropped a Bermudian who had never left Bermuda, who had origins in Anguilla, Nevis, Bermuda, dropped them all there. Someone would look at them oh, yeah. and says, hey. Yeah, you look like a son. Your son, son, boy. Same thing in Turks and Caicos. Yeah. Same thing. And, and, and so that disconnect from mm -hmm. people that will write and say, well, you know, why would you want to be associated mm -hmm. with, 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 with them? And many of us bought into it. Of course, until it's time to have a carnival. Then, but, it, then it's okay. But it's a richer, it's a richer connection that we're, missing, that. that we're missing out on as a people. But if you have a rich connection, then you're going to want to communicate. You're going to want to exchange ideas. You're going to want to uh, uh, connect with the government departments, uh, those kinds of things. You're going to want to uh, relate to those people. The objective over the years in Bermuda, Kim, has been to cut that connection off and to make sure the connection is cut off derogatory terms and names were developed for people from the West Indies. So the, 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 the jump up, you know, all of that kind of talk. That people are bored into. Yeah, yes, yes. All of that came in, into Bermuda to poison our minds against our own relatives from the Caribbean. Jiggerfoot, you remember that word? Yeah. 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 All of that. We're going to take another caller. Thank you for that. And, and, and to my cousin listening down in St. Kitts and my cousins around the world, God bless you. Thank you for reaching out and helping us um, really put that connection to, 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 to real. Caller, you're on orders of the day. Another derogatory term that was used is great defender. And I really don't appreciate you, Kim Swan, for using that term like you did. Well, okay, I do not appreciate it because that term came from OBA supporters, okay? And I really am very angry right now. That's all I'm going to say. 
Well, I am very angry. Well, can you stay on air while no, I no, while I'm I shut up? Well, thank you. I am too angry. Well, I thank do you. Not appreciate that term. Well, thank you for your call. To be referring to me. Thank you. Mm. Well, let me say to that caller, as in politics, there's a time and you have to say, "I'm sorry." I didn't set out to. I didn't set out to offend anybody. I think you were just trying not to and, call. And, and, if, and, if, and, if, and, if, and in fact, uh, I probably uh, was uh, taking license, uh, uh, probably ill-advisedly, personally ill-advisedly, uh, as I reflected on um, uh, a speech you gave right. that I was or that, what, that that I was referring to that yes. uh, refreshed my my mind on there. Yes. Um, uh, when you. Uh, lovingly yes, made yes, reference yes, uh, yes, to it, yes. but if uh, but because I uh, take the opportunity to to use it, mm -hmm. um, I meant no offense. Yes, I'm sorry that you took offense, yes. and I hope that you can accept my apology because the caller that called in, contrary to what many people think, I have a great deal of admiration for. Uh, have spent time with that person, have traveled with that person. Uh, have had uh, good times with that person and can accept when that person uh, takes issue with me yes, yes. as I expect right. to have her take issue and with me going that, forward. I think that's very, very big of you. Uh, people should be called what they want to be called. End of story. So when you found out she didn't want to be referred to as that, then that was it. Yeah. Well, we're at the top of the hour and I'm going to take, uh, I'm gonna take one, more, one more call. Good evening. You're on orders of hey. you're on orders of the day. Welcome. Good evening, Mr. Swan. Yes. Good evening. Good evening, Dr. Brown. Good evening good to you. Great, Dr. Brown. Oh, you are. How are you this good. evening? I'm, Happy Father's Day to I'm you. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Brown. Yes. Okay. I don't, I missed half the show, but um, I, was, I don't know if you had um, tackled this subject or not. Mm -hmm. um, I read an article in the paper about the your airport vision. And how they were saying it for you, it was going to cost us one billion dollars for the same <laughs> airport that they were going to get for two hundred and something thousand dollars. I was wondering now, if you could tackle that. Well, topic. right. Thank you for that opportunity. First of all, one does not have to be a rocket scientist <laughs> to know that 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 even though money is more expensive, that yes. you can you if you could get something for two hundred thousand, two hundred million today. Uh, that, 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 that was the same as something that was going to cost a billion dollars five or six years ago, then somebody is not well. Right. Okay? Uh, what really happened was that we conducted a master plan of the airport. That's how we go about business. We wanted to do a master plan. We wanted to know every inch of space uh, uh, that was under the control of the airport, and we wanted to know how it could possibly be developed. And we wanted a terminal that was going to be one of the best terminals in the world. And we wanted it to be a signature terminal that would cr create conversations around the world whenever people would fly into it and then fly out of it. Now, so that means that your plan encompasses more than what their plan pro Probably is. so. Pro but and I don't know what their the plan is. Well. All, all yeah. I know about their plan is that it seemed to be pre-established. And that it seems that financial instructions had no role to play, right. and they were cast to the side. But that's a separate issue. Right. The other thing is, listen, the way we plan is the same way we went about the ferries. I asked for the prices on world-class, first-class ferries. Right. I was leading a ministry in Bermuda. 
a first-class country as far as I was concerned. And I will always want to know the cost of going first-class. Always want to know that. Now, if our financial reality is such that we have to cut back and, and, and cut the, 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 the corners here and there and change the, the ultimate budget, then that's what we do. Right. But it's good to ask for the wish book so exactly. that you, you don't have to come back later and say, oh, I wonder what it would have cost if we had done it this way. So you, I think it's simply a, a very measured and uh, strategic way to go about business. So for them to even imply that what we, what we were shown would cost a billion, they're going to get for 200 or 300 million, that is misleading Exactly. Uh, the, the That's people, what I wanted and, to clarify and, for the Bermudian people. Of course. Because they put that, pic, that um, article in the paper. Yeah. And yeah, well that, many people yeah. think that they're getting the same yeah, that's not true. that you had imposed, yeah, and I yeah. that's different. Not true. Plus, I can count. You know, I, I don't need people. Did you people. read the article? No, no, no. I, I read some and don't read some. Yeah, but, but, you know, this program, uh, Mr. Swan calls this program Orders of the Day. So if we were in Parliament and I heard somebody say that, I would jump up and say, point of order, Mr. Speaker, that, that honorable member is misleading the House. Uh-huh. Okay? And that's what is happening here. And you know what? There's enough that we did that you could look at and criticize fairly and say you would have done it differently. But to compare our, the cost of our master plan and the cost of a brand new airport right. in that master plan with what they're going to get now. And by the way, we don't know what it is. Exactly. No one has seen, I don't think, I, mean, I don't think you've seen the plan, but you've seen the financial arrangements behind the plan. Right. Yes. Finances first mm. and plan second. Mm. Yeah. So no tendering. No tendering. Not tendering is against the policy of many people in this tendering government. Tendering is not necessary for the OBA. No, no, no. Tendering is wrong. Go up to Ocean View, take out the people who are running the place. No problem. Every government has that option. Right. Put it, do not put it out to tender. Just put somebody else in place. Mm. Indeed. That's the way it is. Do as I say, not, not as I do. Now, what do you think would have happened had it been someone else that had had no not only somebody else <laughs> had it been your administration oh yeah yeah involving not 20 million dollars mm -hmm. but 250 million dollars plus mm -hmm. income for an un, for more than 30 years right, right. well you now, see uh, what, what would have happened you, what do you think would have happened if have, if you dr brown mm -hmm. who as a black man, are you going to keep me black? Yeah. I'm going to keep you as you are. If you keep me as I am in this. Keep you as you are and go back to 2009. Noise. A lot of noise. And let's put the numbers because, you know, I was right there criticizing you. Yes, sir. $20 million in contracts or whatever. But 250 and 30 years of income and all that it goes with it, right? And it's you instead of the current government. Oh, what would have been written, because we haven't seen much written yeah, about yeah, it today? No, no. Well, it, it would have, they would have done what they did anyway, even when there was no corruption or collusion or anything like that. They created this thing they call Friends and Family Plan, which I believe was the original way that they've always done business. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I don't have a real problem with the concept, because I think that it is normal for governments to have friends and governments to have opponents. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And when you are in government, you do for your friends because they help you get where you are. There but is, the only difference is that we did for our family and friends. It was corruption. Some people embezzle and some people steal. Some so people what, what and seems to be the problem now? Well, that's the whole point. And I, that's the point that I want Bermudians to see. Not so much that it's happening, but yeah. to see the difference. Yeah, we and always to see, made excuses. Or if they ask for information, we gave it to of them. Of course. And, but we, accept no, we, we don't accept their excuses, and it, we, don't ask them to, we don't demand the answers from them. What, what, what seems to be happening? Well, we, we do demand the answers, but the point is that the country, we, we don't get it, the country is on media. The country is on media lockdown. So in other words, in order for the PLP to get something into the media, it requires a special effort. Media has been either purchased and silenced or is under immediate control. Or you get sued for doing it. Period. And so, and so you, you will find that uh, there are many people who, who ask questions, but you don't get to see the answer unless you are in Parliament and you happen to hear the, the answer that the, that, that, that the questioner has asked. Right. So... so you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a terrible situation when, um, when people are uh, accused of corruption, et cetera, et cetera, and then you become the government and you break all the promises that you made, the 2,000 jobs, all the rest of it, mm -hmm. and uh, you just go about your business. Yeah. And that's what's happening. They're following through on, on yes. their agenda. Yes, they, they're, they're they to you for very much so. Mm. Straight ahead. And I think that what that should do hopefully, is that it taught some people in, 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 on our side that that's what you do when you become government, you know? Yeah. You, you, you do that. You're uh, learning a valuable lesson. Thank you. Yeah. A yeah. little too late, though, right? Well, I don't know if it's too late. It is late. I hope it's not too late. Thank you, Carla. We appreciate that uh, contribution. I'm going to take a couple more calls. Have a good evening. Good Thank evening you. to you. <laughs> good evening. You're on orders of the day. Yes, good evening, Mrs. Horn, and good evening, Dr. Vaughn. Good evening. Good evening. My question tonight is something that's been puzzling me, that the OBA seems to be either unable or unwilling to, to tell us. They're quick to, and this is in pertaining to the airport, they're quick to tell us that it's going to cost us $200 million and it's not going to go over and <laughs> it's going to be on time and on budget. But they haven't told us what the projected revenues are supposed to be, that we're not going to, because in my calculations, as I think about it, I, I see a billion dollars there. You're saying billion, they want to criticize. Yeah. And uh, they yeah. have planned, they said they're only building a terminal. It, it wasn't nothing else, they're only upgrading the terminal. Oh, so, that's terrible. That, that airport is, is physically rotten. And I challenge anybody to, to take me to task about that. When, when Wayne Ferbert was the Minister of Transport prior to my becoming the Minister of Transport, he had made it clear that the airport had about 15 years max to go before it would start crumbling. The air conditioning system uh, has gone down so many times that it, 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 it's cost millions of dollars. Uh, and so the airport has sort of past its, its good shelf life, and it no longer uh, can sustain uh, constant use without certain parts of it breaking down. Um, that is just the truth. Uh, but, but I think that there's so, so great an emphasis 
placed on cutting the deal that some people are forgetting that they, this is the people's money and that they have an obligation to explain to the people uh, through financial instructions uh, what is going on in detail. <clears throat> but if you're not used to answering those people's questions, then you just go along and do what you have to do. And there's a lot of things that it's like, remember when we used to go swimming and you used to jump in and keep the water boiling? Mm -hmm. It seems like every issue after issue after issue after issue is coming up. It's controversial. And, and then uh, when, when something really gets them in, in a little bit of trouble, there's a, there's a, they've got a, a good deflectionary tactic mm -hmm. to throw out there to shift the, to, to kick the ball over, the, yeah. over, over that way. But at the end yeah. of the day, the common denominator is that Mr. and Mrs. Average Bermuda is really being further and further mar marginalized in the, in, the, in the process. Well, 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 Kim, the other thing is that the majority of the, uh, and I don't have numbers on this, but I would venture to guess that the majority of the supporters of the uh, UBP, the OBA, um, are not people who really depend on government for a lot other than contracts and, and, and financial arrangements like that, um, they're not people who require the government for services. You know, they don't go to the government clinic or they don't have to have the government intervene in their personal affairs. So some of these policies that you're talking about and, and these, these uh, troublesome situations don't bother those people, mm -hmm. you see. The people that it bothers are the people who can remember when the comments and allegations were made, uh, especially from the Auditor General, who has been remarkably quiet. Well, the, the Auditor General yeah. used to write every week about how the PLP government was being irresponsible and disregarding financial instructions. And we've had any number, number of, of yes, issues. Yes, nothing. You've heard nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's a conspiracy of silence. Well, thank you, thank you, caller. Dr. Brown, yeah. um, we've talked a lot of issues this evening. Uh, you gave a very um, riveting speech uh, at the BIU that's been replayed on local, on air many times. Mm -hmm. You touched on functional unity. Um, I go back to the poll results that uh, keep continue coming out mm -hmm. and um, and we had a caller last week that called in and says, you know, I'm part of the, I'm part of the human race. We all are part of the human race in Bermuda. Um, but within the human race, there's a subsection of the human race called black people mm -hmm. in Bermuda who, by all accounts, when you look at the uh, statistics, are marginalized yes. and economically. And there's a great deal of... Um, social isolation that takes place in this, in this, in this country. No and, um, and I've seen it at the polls, having run in marginal constituencies, where it's a known fact that, that the white community in Bermuda vote in bloc more than 97 to 98 percent. Yeah. Yeah. So the politics of the day is to keep one block of voters yeah. uh, intact over here and see what I could cipher off and how I can divide the black community. Simple. How are we going to, as a, as, a, as a people, 
get beyond this? How are we going to get beyond this? You well, talked about functional unity. Well, functional unity that I was referring to, Kim, is the functional unity that has me here walk, working with you. That's functional unity. Despite any history that we have of conflict, yes. despite any disagreements that we might have, yes. that the overriding necessity is for us to work together if and when we can. Right. That's how I see it. Okay. And that's why I don't, you know, my wife sometimes says, how could you, how could you go and meet with such and such and how could you talk to so and so like that? And it is because I am concentrating on the objective. I don't feel any kind of way. It's not personal. You know, the number of things I've been called in Bermuda, I really have some hurt feelings, you know, but, but I, I can't... From, um, from, my, from, my, from, from my vantage point, mm -hmm. I've seen people either love you yeah. or hate you. Yes, yeah. Very I've few people it. in the middle. Yeah. Very, yeah. very few people. And, and when you talk about um, uh, what you just spoke about, I, 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 can re I, can, I know some people who uh, l really, my best friends who would never vote for me, right? Right, And people used to say to me, well, I just don't understand it. <laughs> I'm going to send a shout out down in St. George's to my, my good friends, Brutus and Sharon. Yeah, right, right, I right, love right, you guys. right, 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 right. And, 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 you know, and, and it, but and you my know, idea of function... You mentioned Brutus, so I have to tell you, I have to tell you, because <laughs> you talk about St. George's, and when something comes up, I like to remember. When I was running for the leadership of the Progressive Labor Party, Right? Uh, I had to go to St. George's and have an audience with Brutus and Sharon. And I had to sit there and explain to them what my agenda was, why it was what it was, and how I thought I could carry it out. And that was a, t and that was a tough order given, yes, given, yes. given, given the history. Yes. 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 But all of that teaches you that the, the it is bigger than the you. Mm. You see what I'm saying? In yeah. other words, the whole idea of the PLP winning the government is larger than any internal battle that we might have. And, and those of us who call ourselves leaders have to lead with that in mind. And we've got to find a way to, to take the microcosm of what you just ex yes. explained yes. there. Yes. And, and, bu and build and on it. it. The, the relationship that, 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 that we can work on yes. making, making, making better, notwithstanding our history. Notwithstanding but, you know, the, and, and, and when you talk about relationships, it's no different than the call that we get to, from St. Kitts right. so uh, to show how connected we really are yeah, so and how we've been divided. And we don't need people. to fight it. When you and I got together uh, on Bermuda first, Yes. Right? So a lot of people don't know this because this part of history doesn't get recorded by those who would like to see otherwise. Vision for 2015. That's right. And, and you and I were co-chairs of Bermuda First. I remember, I remember giving it the name. Yeah. Right? Bermuda First. When we were talking about yeah. what should we call it. Yeah. Right? And we worked together. I didn't go over there for all those hours meeting with these guys just for fun. And, and, and what took place in those meetings? were very sensitive yes and there were things that were happening in that meeting that had to be said yeah, that right. could would hurt some hurt some feelings and we had to we had to do what was in the best interest of Bermuda and and a lot of people don't know because you know the political narrative that you that that you carry because when you're when you're fighting a battle mm -hmm. you know you have to yeah. go there and yeah. and 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 do and do battle was that that Bermuda first 
came out in 2009. Yeah. But in 2008, and up until that point, um, you had all the major CEOs of the country, oh, yeah. and, 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 and hats off to two other, yeah, three other persons, Mr. Gregory Slayton, mm -hmm. Mr. Phil right. Butterfield, yep. Yes? Yep. and Mr. Don Kramer. They made it happen. Who made it happen. And, and from the political standpoint, we made it happen. Because, there, because through that, even though we would be up there knocking That's heads right. together, yes. there was at not one time. Nope. And it could have been carried forward. That vision could have been even sure. built upon even greater after 2012. It was the greatest uh, 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 collection, I would call it, of talent in Bermuda that was coming together free of charge. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and the brain power that was in that room was tremendous. And the ideas that came forth were thought out. They were analyzed. I thought it was a great experience. And you know why the name was Bermuda First was because whenever it started to drift into anything political, you, you had to go back. say Bermuda First. You had to go back to, to put Bermuda First. Go back to that common denominator. Right. Go back to that common denominator. Yep. But the political narrative... Let's you know. Let's let's talk about what the political objectives are. Some that's because right around that time, the recession was dropping on yeah, the door. Yeah. And that was part of the reason why it was necessary to get those business minds together. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And they were making decisions on downsizing in Bermuda based on decisions that was taking place and had taken place mm -hmm. in boardrooms mm -hmm. across the country. So at that particular time, you would have had Butterfield Bank mm -hmm. in trouble. Oh, yeah. Did PLP cause that to happen? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But you think so? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Everything that was negative or difficult for the country was painted as a PLP venture, which, you know, anybody with a grain of common sense would know it was not the case. Uh, but, you know, slowly, the, those who were our critics have found that governance is a different exercise from simply being on the sidelines and uh, casting aspersions or, uh, or uttering allegations. So they're finding out now that governance is difficult. And when governance gets difficult for some people, they throw away the rule book. Mm -hmm. It gets hard. I mean, it's not easy to follow financial instructions and still shepherd a major business deal through for the government. There are corners that you want to cut, yeah. and you have to make sure that you cut the right ones. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have overruns and what have you. Those things happen. But the, the, the democracy is one of the most expensive propositions in the world. If you are going to follow all the rules to make sure that there's full disclosure, that, that, it's, it's, that it's transparent as to where the money flows, et cetera, then it costs money to do that. Mm -hmm. It costs money to do it. If you, you can, I agree with the, the finance minister that if you ignore financial instructions, you can get some things done in a day. Mm. That would normally would take a month in government if you follow the rules. Follow the rules you should. And when you're talking about, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, follow the rules you must. Yeah, you must. You must follow the rules. You know, and, 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 and I remember when the Auditor General was concerned about uh, how much money was being spent at, uh, at, at Port Royal, for example, when that came up. And, of course, after all the noise and conversation, 
Instead of it, it was not an overrun to the tune of, 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 of $20 million. The overrun was from the last estimate pre, you know, before the work started to the actual cost at the end. And I think it was something like uh, $4 million or something in that category, maybe a little more. Uh, the Heritage Wharf, same thing. There was an overrun, but it wasn't from the very first time you mentioned it in the budget book, when you're really talking about the preliminary discussions and drawings and those things. You don't need all of the money then. You know how the budget works. So, so, so you, you put the amount in the budget that you need in order to get the project started. Well, I certainly remember Port Royal because I, as you would recall, mm -hmm. I was beating that drum. Yes. That was uh, that yes. was that was a necessary <laughs> drum uh, mm -hmm. for me to beat at that particular uh, at that particular time. And if I compare uh, the concerns that I that I raised with regards to that project as it was on, as it was unfolding to the type of uh, handling of current events that by the current shadow minister, Mr. Burke. Mm -hmm. Uh, when, when I was raising concerns, the one thing that Mr. Burke's doing today is he's using the Public Accounts Committee to deal with the here and now, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So what you see, what you see happening now yes. is, and I, and I uh, scratched my head the other day, I saw an audit report that came out five years after mm. I was there in Parliament, mm -hmm. right, beating that drum. Yeah. And the report's out now, yeah. going to be debated. There was, yeah. a, there was a couple of sessions in, in, yeah. in, 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 in close, uh, not, well, uh, in Parliament, the we're, we're in the committee room, mm -hmm. where, the, where the media can in. But where we really should be drilling down on is the $250 million that we can <laughs> save ourselves here and now. Yes. And that's where Those the things are distractions. And, and that, yes. And that's, and that's, to me... Uh, proper and more effective use uh, of a uh, of a public accounts uh, uh, a committee. Uh, the lines, Dr. Brown, the lines are lighting up. Uh, Is that right? I, I, I know we've been betting, we've been betting right through. Uh, we bet it right through lunch. This is orders of the day. You're on the air. Oh, good evening, Kim. Good evening. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. And good evening, the good Dr. Brown. Good evening, sir. How are you? Um, couldn't be better. Really, I couldn't be better. Um, um, happy Father's Day to you. Same to you, sir. Thank you. Okay, I want to just touch on the way how Mr. Kim and his wife started the show. On to uh, tell Bermuda of the other, the similar side, how you're able to assist Bermudians, mm -hmm. particularly young entrepreneurs along the way. Um, I had the privilege of um, asking you for a meeting for directions mm -hmm. on how to go about a business venture. Right. Okay. Uh, you called me down to your office in Shadley Bay. It was a cloudy day. I almost rain, had my rain suit on. <laughs> and we sat down, and you looked, at, you looked at the product, and you smiled at the lyrics, and we had a good conversation. And through that, through your help, through the emails, back and forth, be arranging for some things for a pilot program, yeah. I'm here to tell you that my my business has got off the ground. Great. I'm so glad to hear that. And uh, my Father's Day sales have been wonderful. Good. Right? And I even gave away some free greeting cards just from gratitude. That's, so that's outstanding. If you can help you on the way, then yes. you can help others. That's outstanding. And let me just tell you that 
the only reason that I was able to be of help to you mm -hmm. is because you brought passion to your project. Yes. Yeah. Everybody tells me, everybody tells me that no matter what I True. get into, there's a passion there. You know what I mean? And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I haven't spoken to my sister, but she wouldn't mind when I say she sends her best wishes to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate okay. that. So and keep enjoying your retirement. I enjoy when you come on and express your views of the day. Yes. You know what I mean? And well, you know I have to do that. that. something special. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Listen, I told you before, I said, um, it's a good thing that you work hard because you only realize what you have is when you listen to you or when you sit down in someone's living room or kitchen and they get the opportunity to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And you leave an undeniable impression on everyone you meet. Oh, wow. And that right there is a winning combination. Well, that's very kind of you. Okay. I appreciate it. So wish you all the health and happiness in your retirement. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank you, brother. Good evening, caller. You're on orders of the day. Good evening, Ken Swan and Dr. Brown. I just turned my radio down. I just want to say, Dr. Brown, what are we going to do about the elderly situation in Bermuda? Mm. Do these people realize that we're all going to get old at some point? Mm -hmm. And... When it comes to forcing people to retire at 65, that's when they're at their prime. These are the people that have experience, that have been trained, so they're going to train young people over again that don't want to work. That's what's going on in this country. What's your opinion on that? Or do well, you I, I think you hear anything about that? I think you, you probably know from... Would you like to listen off air, Carla? Um, Pardon? Would you like to listen off air or stay on? I'll stay on just in case I want to right. be something. Right, no problem. Um, I think you, you might be able to glean from the policies of my administration that I have a soft spot and always have had for the elderly in our community. And we need to, uh, yeah. Uh, we need to. Uh, and I always felt that, you know, when you think you have reached somewhere and you look back and see who those people were who propped you up along the way, that you owe them. Simple. I think that, and I always felt that Bermudians, that, that Bermuda had not treated its seniors uh, in the classy manner that they deserved. Mm -hmm, I and, agree. And so when, when we became government, I, I insisted in, in transport that seniors be given special consideration. Mm -hmm. uh, there had been some consideration by previous administrations in terms of the buses, and we tried to expand it in TCD to licenses and what have you. And, and, and we made, we made the, uh, the elderly, I think, uh, feel proud and, and honored. Oh, special. Yeah, special. Yeah, and, and when we had the tea up at, um, up at the Botanical Gardens or right. wherever we had it, uh, we, we, we made a fuss over them. And, and I'll never forget the way that Nelson Bascom used to love to join up there and, and support uh, the effort to make the seniors uh, feel better. But, you know... You have to go beyond making them feel better. You have to help them economically because it is difficult in, in a country where, where it costs so much mm -hmm. uh, to move uh, that you have to do things to make life more pleasant for elderly people. Yeah. And so that, that's my, my feeling. And I, and I think that any government that deserves uh, the title sensitive mm 
uh, has to direct much of its energies towards seeing to it that the elderly people are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, right. what I see is that that's age discrimination, mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm. And I feel uh, if we're concerned about other discriminations, then we should also be concerned about age discrimination. It shouldn't be. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. We also have to look at the fact that Bermuda is such an expensive place to live, yes. and some of our people are not really prepared That's right. to not work. Mm-hmm. What do they expect the elderly to do? I, I thought they raised the age. And then down the line, they're going to have to depend on government to take care of them anyway. Tell me something. I, you know, I haven't been in touch with everything. Um, I thought the, the retirement age had been raised, no? I, I recall um, there are not days in Parliament where um, mm-hmm. it became uh, possible for a um, person uh, uh, to work up until 70, but uh, there has been some uh, push to get persons to, to take on early retirement. Okay. Yeah. Well, it... They, they talked about 70, yes. but I know, for example, at the hospital, they were forcing everybody to retire at 65. Mm-hmm. And in some of the banks, they were forcing some people to retire at 55. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, you know, these people are just in their prime. And those are people that have experience, like I say, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that know the job well. They're replacing them with young people that don't want to work. And I'm telling you, it's in the hospital. It's everywhere. Mm. You know, I have connections in different places. And I'm seeing the young people, some of them, not all. We have some very ambitious young people. Mm -hmm. But to just take all the elderly people and say, you can't work. And even in the nursing homes about... They, re- they force you re- to retire from the hospital, mm-hmm. but then you can't work in the nursing homes either because they say government says we can't hire you after 65. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Some people have suffered for that. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. Well, thank I you very much. Things. Personally, I think that the elderly people, we need to get together mm-hmm. and have some meetings, mm-hmm. and then we need to protest and stand up for our rights. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I see. Thank you, caller. Thank you. That sounds like passion to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're on orders of the day. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Uh, uh, Kim? Yes, sir. Hi, hi there. Now, first of all, I want to thank you for having Mr. Brown on, see, because something really bothered me this this last several years. Now, Mr. Braun, about your hotel in St. George's, mm-hmm. remember that Canadian firm just before Ben... ben, ben yeah, Wanda DeRose, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the lady spoken for that firm, remember when she came back to you and said that she had everything in order when it came to financing and all that, mm-hmm. and that you had told her to go away, get your financing in order, then come back. Yes. But then she was cut off completely. No, sir. Here no, is no, the truth. I'll, 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 you want, to, you want me to... I'm sorry. Let me, I'm glad you've given me an opportunity because that is one of the unfortunate stories that has been going around, that I saw an opportunity for this lady, that she had everything in line. And, and this is what she and says. I know she that's what she says. She's not telling the truth. I gave her six months to pull the, the finances together, and at the end of six months, all she had were promises and, and telling people that the Four Seasons was ready to come. And you, you've seen people throw around labels, and, and we, even the gentleman retried right after that. 
I gave him six months. He yeah. couldn't come through. Goodbye. You know, and then we got into serious discussions with, with uh, Mr. Um, um, Bazarian. Bazarian. And, and he, and let me tell you for the record, Mr. Bazarian was $12 million away. That's all he needed. Had the government of the day, had the government of the day, had the wisdom to provide that funding, that hotel, I believe, would be standing today. Yeah, because in your overall scheme of things, 12 million, 12 million is no, is, is no big money. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and I, really, I really hoped at the time that they would give him that help. Barbados had just dropped something like $160 million into a hotel project down there to make sure that the project continued and eventually opened. And that's what many island destinations are finding themselves in, uh, where, you know, the government has to step in and sometimes provide the bridging, the bridge funding to make sure that the project survives. Well, so, no, Wanda DeRose, I would... Why would she go through all that trouble and all, and, you know... By going public and saying that she had everything because because she had succeed because she had succeeded all along by promising to do it and by saying that she had it in place. I was the first minister who said to her, "Show me what you're talking about. Conversation is nice, but show me what you have." And Miss Wanda DeRose and I hope that you know she's listening tonight in Canada. She did not have what she said she had. And then she went to the media and said that I just got rid of her and she had a hotel that she could have built. You heard a meeting with me. It, <laughs> makes, it makes absolutely yeah. no sense. I was trying to bump into you. I tried to bump into you. Everybody else was to talk, but not Mr. Brown. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you answered, asked that question because I've heard it floating around that I turned this lady away. And you know me, you know, I'm not turning away anybody who is serious about building a hotel in Bermuda. Building a hotel in Bermuda is so difficult that not one has been built since I left. Mm. Oh, that's true. Okay? And the recession... Uh, and the recession and the, was on the, while I was there. The recession came on. The recession was, came. Which is why Bermuda yeah. First was necessary to bring all those people together, why yeah. a lot of businesses were downsizing and people were, 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 yeah. were leaving Bermuda and, and, and the like. And, but that's not always the political narrative that, yes. that suits okay. the objective now, of the I'm day. Sir. Another thing, uh, remember Mr. David Allen at the time when he actually brought forth these concessions and stuff like that? Yes. Hotels and all? Yes. I always wondered. At that particular moment, when he had the owners or, or, or the managers of the hotel sitting down talking about the concession, mm -hmm. how come he didn't work out a type of agreement that would get them, you can renovate your hotel, we're willing to give you all kinds of concessions, but, but we want you to bring back and have these type of venues in your hotel like you had before and had closed on and hire some of our remunerative musicians. There were... No, let me just tell Okay, let me tell you, and I was a witness to this. If you go back and read the Concession Act of 2003, I think it is, uh, in that act, David Allen made it clear that there were things that he was demanding from the hoteliers in exchange for the concessions. We all started to feel after a few years that it was one-sided, that the hotels weren't necessarily coming through, especially in the area of Bermudian entertainment. Right. And they never did. And then at one point, the, 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 the Southampton Princess actually closed down its room, yeah, if you yeah, remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so that was knocked out. And the, the hotels, I think, came to the position in, in, in the mid-2000s that they were not going to invest 
in entertainment. So in a sense, you have a little disadvantage when you're dealing with somebody with big box two and this. You can't be too hard on because you might chase things. You know, right, right. It's, it's that kind of exercise. That's exactly right. You, you try to, you know, you, 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 a little bit of sugar and a little bit of salt. You know, and you're trying to negotiate, you're trying to keep them interested, you're trying to keep them on the island. You've got the owners of the, of the Princess Hotels calling and saying, you know, we're considering leaving Bermuda, you know, providing that kind of, of, of leverage yeah, and all of that. You know, so I think we did a, a very good job of, 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 of demanding certain concessions from the hotels, but I don't think it turned out to be an even Stephen arrangement. Now, one last thing. I want to thank you for your number. This young man that you met in St. George many years ago, and then we went over to Mrs. Crane's house. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. They had your two little boys. Over yes. There. Yeah, two little boys with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is Mr. Dolan. Yeah, I know. I know who it is. I know exactly who it is. But I just remembered when yeah. you said I had my sons with me. That's exactly yeah, I really, right. I really want to thank you for actually being concerned and all, and you showed up on a night when you used to be babysitting. Right, exactly. You know? Okay, bro. All right, thank you. People remind you of things that you don't even think about. Dr. Brown, I, I, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to jump in on. I've got to jump in. There. I'm going to take a call and mm -hmm. call a. You can, uh, you can hold, you can hold on. Um, I've got a caller there, but uh, you know that caller uh, reminded me of something. I, I felt it necessary to say um, that even when we were political opposites. Mm -hmm. If Dr. Hewitt Brown received an email from you, you got a reply. Oh, yeah. You got a reply. Yeah. Uh, recently, and you know that when you talk about passion and you talk about your trade, mm -hmm. uh, if something happens in the medical profession, yeah. that's, 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 that's where you swore your oath. Mm -hmm. Something happens to me in my trade and in in, mm -hmm. in, in, in in golf, that's where I, that's that's where that's where I learned everything, the majority of things so that I know. Mm -hmm. I I as a I as a person in this country felt it necessary to write to every led member of the legislature within the last five weeks mm. who I could find an email. Okay, it's included every MP and the majority of senators. Okay, and I'm sorry to say that the majority of persons, particularly in the government, don't operate the way you do. Yeah. They don't yeah. reply Respond, and yeah. acknowledge, even yeah. if just to say, yeah. you know, there. And this was a, this a very serious matter, because I remember in, in my political life where, um, you know, I point out certain things, and you know, within within the confines of a caucus, as you know, caucuses mm -hmm. can get there. Mm -hmm. People say, "Show me proof," mm -hmm. and this letter had proof of where um, favoritism and racial favoritism is being practiced in Bermuda presently mm. in my trade. Mm. Mm -hmm. But the leader of the country and the don't see that because if a person's going to take that time to stay up at night and write that, but no, I want to, yeah. I want to congratulate you mm -hmm. for not being that because a lot of things have been said about you. <laughs> yes, but you know you're here tonight. But notwithstanding that, you take calls and you answer mm -hmm. emails from people, even if you have to tell them where to get off. Yes, at yes. least you tell them. 
Well, I had two people called, D.A. and Helene Brown, and they told me that that was basically proper manners. Mm. If someone takes the time to write to you, then you can take a moment to write back to them. Mm. So I just answer people's emails. I mean, it doesn't matter. A guy emailed me the other day, texted me, and, he, and, and I texted him back and, you know, right away and whatever, and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to call you. So he called me, and then he said, where are you? Are you in Bermuda? I said, no, I'm in Turks and Caicos. He said, he, said, what? he said, you're in Turks and Caicos? I said, yeah, well, you asked me a question, and it doesn't matter where I am when I answer your question. But to be, to be very blunt about it, Kim, when Kim Swan writes to the organization of which you were previously a part, or the one that, that, yes. that, that was before it, um, I w I'm not surprised that you wouldn't get a response when my Aunt Gloria, after serving the UBP, resigned. Uh, she hardly got responses from mm. people. So it's sort of like you, you've, lost, you've, you've gone past your useful shelf life. Yeah. You know what I mean? No need you anymore, brother. But guess what? <laughs> you know, there's some, you know, I, when I read Nelson Mandela's book, mm -hmm. and uh, when he came out, it said, you know, when I was in prison and they had that sour milk mm -hmm. and we would put it on the window seal and cottage cheese is a delicatessen, then you're in prison. Yeah. That's so we're taking do. this, we're going to take yeah. this sour milk yeah. and we're going to put it in the shelf and turn it into some cottage, mm -hmm. cottage cheese. Lemons into lemonade. That's right. Caller, thank you for calling in orders of the day. You're here on Hot 107.5. That's hot with two T's. You're on the air. Yes, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I was becoming increasingly concerned that I was going to, uh, my train of thought was going to leave the station without me. It's Nana oh, Peggy. Nana Peggy. Good evening, <laughs> Brother Kim and also Dr. <laughs> Brown. Yes, ma'am. Um, Dr. Brown, uh, who was the most influential person in your life apart from your parents? The reason I'm asking this is because everybody who needs help needs mm -hmm. a coach, mm -hmm. right? Who was the most influential person in your life? I don't think I can narrow it down to, to one. There were a number of people. There was a gentleman in my neighborhood in Flats mm -hmm. by the name of Mr. Billy Wainwright, Dennis Wainwright's father. Yes. Who used to pass by every day, see us playing marbles, and pull me to the side and say, Whatever you're going to be, be the best. Okay? Mm -hmm. He was very influential, mm -hmm. right? And then there was Edna May and Victor Scott at Central. I mean, I was just in love with these people. And anybody who could make me want to go to their house on a Saturday morning and do 50 math problems mm -hmm. before I went to junior show, you know, yeah. they had to be special. So <laughs> it was a lot was them. You yeah. know, what yeah. I remember by, about the teachers during that period of my... Um, life in primary school and all, all of the black teachers, well, I only had black teachers anyway, every one of them who touched my life, they mm -hmm. all had one thing in common. They insisted upon anything worth doing is it's worth, worth doing, doing well. well. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mentioned the other day, Dr. McPhee, another source, yeah, you yeah, know, when yeah. I was already in college mm -hmm. and medical school pre-med was getting difficult and I, I wasn't sure, but I wanted to stick it out. And I was on North Shore one Sunday working with him, clearing away some casarinas so he could build a house. 
And I said to him, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about not following through with this. And he stopped sowing the tree, and he turned to me and he said, if it's worth achieving, it's worth working for. Mm -hmm. Boom. Sledgehammer mm -hmm. to the head. Okay. And, he's, and he's still out playing golf, hitting <laughs> yeah. balls now. Of course. Had a birthday yesterday. Oh, okay. Wow. Now, uh, <laughs> what would your prescription be for mm -hmm. black people in Bermuda? Because it's my view that we are suffering real fatigue. Mm -hmm. We've had mm -hmm. to battle and fight one situation after another yeah. since the OBA came to mm -hmm. office. Mm -hmm. And I suspect, I, str I strongly feel that we're suffering from some form, of, distinct form of post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. What prescription mm -hmm. would you recommend the black people of this island begin taking? I would have to answer the question like this ask for what should be given accept what is given and compensate for the rest mm. now you take that and make your own sandwich um, repeat that in ask, what ask for what should be given and we've done that accept what is given <laughs> no we, we can't accept no, no, what listen, is given listen accept what is given if it's given Accepted, not, not as being satisfactory, okay. but accept what is given. Yes. And then compensate for the rest. I can explain it in detail when I see you. But, but that essentially, I think, is a good guide. You know, okay. Because that's all you can do. Otherwise, you become, as she said, you yeah. become fatigued. Yeah. You know, and you start burning out, and you start complaining and whining. Mm -hmm. I'm not bringing it down to myself. I know oh, no, no, no. I think no, no. it's very real in the black community. It's extremely real, yeah. and not just in Bermuda, by the way. I mm. know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I travel frequently, and I see it. It, it. And you described it perfectly. You know, it's, it's a sort of a post-traumatic stress. It's a, it's a reluctance to want to do anything. But let me tell you something. Just as the physical body will get tired. It doesn't mean that disease within the body will not erupt. Mm. Okay? So don't confuse quiet with peace. Quiet is merely the absence of noise. Yes. Peace requires harmony. Mm. So, mm. so don't confuse it. Just because a place or a country is quiet mm. does not mean that it is peaceful. Yeah. And so that is what I would say, you know, because I, I hear it in your voice and I know how you basically think and feel. And it is not normal for humans to continue to uh, 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 repeat, as they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, thing and over. expecting this, a, different, a different result. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. You know, and it's like being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. We're in, we are locked in, we are entrapped by a, re a relationship that is ab abusive, it is harmful to us, and usually when people find themselves in relationships of that nature, mm -hmm. they look for a way out. Yes. And not a day goes by that I'm not, I'm sort of pondering like, how do we get out of this situation? Yes. And then people yes. say there's such a thing as the power of one, I'm one person, yes. but it's not working. Yeah. Well, you, you know, let me say to you with all due respect, and you do sometimes share your emails with me, and I appreciate that. Um, you really don't know when it's working. You really don't know. Because let me tell you, 
I have been sitting here tonight uh, talking with Kim, and we're reminiscing and going over things, and people have called in and reminded me of situations that I had totally forgotten. They have reminded me that when it did happen, mm -hmm. it had an impact on their lives. And still, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so Nana Peggy, all I would say to you is, um, you know, and I know you won't give up the ghost, uh, but, you know, we just have to, those of us who feel a conscious need to uh, talk about the situation, uh, should continue to do so. But don't give up and don't believe that your words are lost because when you speak, you take your time and you, you are clear. So you don't know who's listening just like you don't know who's looking. But, you know, sometimes you want your words to, um, to manifest yes, yes. Uh, into its tangible equivalent. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You know what a young man, a man told me one time in Washington when I was extremely impatient in the, in the 70s, 60s and 70s, and, and, and things weren't moving fast enough for me. And he said, you know what, Brown? Part of what you have is the problem of impatience, meaning that you want the result to be in your lifetime. Yes, I do. It might not happen in your lifetime. You are a small piece of history, and, you know, you must try to make it happen as soon as you can, but just realize that these wheels do turn slowly at times. They do turn slowly, but, but without the kind of persistent conversation and pressure, uh, they'll turn even more slowly. But understand, every biography I've read mm -hmm. about our people, mm -hmm. they lived uh, in the midst of the same trials, tribulations, challenges, and obstacles. Yes, yes. You know, they were wonderful people, mm -hmm. worthy of much love. Yes. And the obstacles still remain, still remain. to this day. The same one. And what I'm saying is that I am tired of the obstacles. I want mm. them removed. Then you must, then you must determine for yourself your course of action. Mm -hmm. You have to do that. No group, no big meetings. You know, you have to determine. And let me say this, you know, talking about uh, Charleston and, and what happened there at, at, at the Emmanuel Church, um, I don't know if many Bermudians know that the very first black congressman from South Carolina came from Bermuda. Rainey. Joseph Rainey. Rainey. Right. Yeah. Okay. The connection and is real. Th there's a real connection. Very and close. Yeah, he had a barbershop, didn't he? That's right. Georgia. That's right. And, and many of the first AME preachers, or AME ministers who came to Bermuda would be sent from South Carolina mm. because boats used to come back and forth, back and forth from there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a connection. And, and it's there for us to see, you know, that, that we are connected by the commonality of our predicament. What, what, what led to, to those people doing uh, or having the experience they had in Charleston is the same cancer that has manifested itself in other places. It's the same, same thing, mm. a feeling of superiority. And when it gets crazy, it results in people taking lives. Yeah, okay. But I've often quoted this um, thing about life. We're not writing our own script. So is there any validity to that? We are not writing our own script. Right. I didn't know last week I'd be calling right here and now. Well, let me tell you something it, about the now. You can make a change. And you and your friends can make even more changes. I don't mean to imply to you that the situation that we have is hopeless and that we should be passive about everything. But I don't want to see us 
losing in the same ways that we have lost before. Mm. Let's bring something new to the table. Of let's course. bring something new and let's to... try some different things. Yeah, we, and... we need to think a new way, I say. Well, well you know, it's now yeah. or never. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, it's certainly a pleasure. It's always a pleasure yes. talking with you. Thank you. Okay. Minister. Thanks so much, Kim. Well, and course. have a great week. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Dr. Brown, we are uh, closing in on the 10 o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. And I have one more caller on the line. And uh, before I take that caller, I, I just have to say thank you for, oh. for being a part oh, of uh, Orders of the Day and, and reaching out to Bermuda and connecting with Bermuda and bringing your, and bringing your wisdom and um, bringing your passion. Well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I did get an email earlier that, I, that makes me want to clear up something. When I said that we should accept what is given... That is not to send the message that it's time to give up. Mm. That means that after you accept what is given, then you have to go back to your drawing board and decide on a strategy about how you're going to get the rest. Right. That's what it means. Yeah. There's no passivity in this. This is no hanging up, you know, your do, sword. Do for yourself do, sometimes. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and, 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 and get active. You know, there's one thing to let something eat at you, Kim, yes. over and over and over. Yes. But it's another thing to get up and go and talk with other people. Yes. You know, uh, form some sort of protest movement. You have to do that. Nobody can do that for you. Amen. Hello? Caller, good evening. Uh, we've had you uh, on the line. Thank you for calling orders of the day. Um, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. You think you'd stay a little longer? <laughs> Just checking. Half an hour? Because you need to answer these questions. Wrong. Do you think that transparency is happening in Bermuda? The reason why I say the only time I started to hear the word DNA in Parliament in Bermuda was then, you know, you and everybody else up there used to talk about it. But you know where else I heard it, Dr. Brown? I heard it, and I'm going to quote it. This agenda has now been written into the DNA of the G8 and G20 summits for many years to come. And you want me to tell you what they were talking about? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share this with you all because right now our government is not being transparent. They keep saying, oh, we're signing all these things. <laughs> but you see, one thing they haven't told the people of Bermuda, going back to this DNA, that they have a directive. Have you seen that direct? It's on the UK website mm -hmm. for Bermuda and mm -hmm. all the other Oh, yes, yes, yes. They must yes. and shall yes. mm -hmm. set up. And this is what it is. Mm -hmm. It says, they must show steps that they will be taken to fully implement the Financial Action Task Force, the FATF. You heard of them, Dr. Yes, Brown? yes, I am. Right. Standards on beneficial ownership and ensure that this information is available to law enforcement and tax authorities. Yep. That is one thing that Mr. Bob Richards and the OBA people are not sharing with the people of Bermuda. In order of other, Mr. Ross Babel, whoever his name may be, uh, are signed all these tears that has nothing to do with this global DNA 
of the G8 and G20s that they must and shall put in place. Because Dr. Braun, you know why they, they, they say this? For the DNA? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to credit the glam. It says because the global is for a global agenda mm-hmm. to create a level playing field right across the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now this, anybody, what I'm saying mm-hmm. is right out there on the UK website. And guess what? You always said this too. You have to identify the problem. That's Isn't right. that a medical terminology? <laughs> you first have to identify it, right? That's true. I'm, you can't fix it if you don't face it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say this. Because the youth, no, the EU mm-hmm. have told us what we are. Mm-hmm. And they give you descriptions of the, um, what they call it, descriptions of what. Um, what they call it? Blacklisted. Oh, um, oh yeah, ter- yeah, yeah. Blacklisted countries, and they included. In fact, I wondered what they really meant when they said blacklisted countries, because all the black countries were on there: Turks and Caicos, BVI, and Bermuda. Well, know, and that, Cayman. that's true. I, I didn't see. In, I didn't see Gibraltar. I, <laughs> but anyway, nope. it, you know, look, it, it's very clear. But you know what the blacklisted means? Mm. We won't be able to operate in the world unless we have that number. Mm. And that's what they have put in place. You know, they might say, oh, over there hasn't done it, you know, over in the European, because they knew what was coming down the line. And Bermuda knew what was coming down the line because they have to put in legislation, implement the public access central registry domestically for mm-hmm. beneficial ownership. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and the finance minister knows that. The government knows that. It. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, yeah. he's not coming out and telling the people of Bermuda because... <laughs> Why tell you? Pardon? Why tell you? Oh, because the status quo are his enemies. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. I see. They come out on the steps of parliament and tell you anything... From when they got elected, are his enemies, and everybody thinks oh, it's not going to happen to me. Look, <laughs> let me tell you something. They have put people up in Parliament to sit at the table where Bermudians are only supposed to sit, and I'm talking about having people like the America's Cup sit at your table. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that, Doctor Brown? No, I, I haven't been. Oh, well, you better. You, you need to get up on top of both the only people that will be exempt from having beneficial ownership being out there are people early in a union, or they want to destroy the union. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. Okay. I know that. Unions and people that are joined in the parliament. Now, Dr. Brown, I'm going to act on that because I think Mr. Swan, uh, Ms. Sherry J is going to take up this topic tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll save the rest for the end. Okay, and thank you for your comment. I, I appreciate it. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Brown? Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's past 10 it's o'clock. Past my bedtime. It's past your bedtime, but I just <laughs> want to, on behalf of, uh, of Orders of the Day, Hot 107.5, and uh, our listening audience, I want to say... A heartfelt thank you. You've been engaging and most stimulating. Is that right? Most stimulating. Well, and I think that's, an, and that's important. And uh, thank you very again. Thank you once again.
Well, thank you, Kim. I do appreciate the opportunity. I try not to uh, overdo it in terms of, of political discussion. But, you know, when the time is right, I have to do what I have to do. And it's been an enjoyable experience. I'm looking forward to see uh, what Bermudians are going to do in order to restore some normalcy uh, to the country. I think that uh, uh, there are just too many people who are sitting on the edge of their seats. There are too many people who are, have been marginalized, and there are too many people who are becoming spectators to business in their own country. And so, you know, with that, thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. Take care. That's, that's it for tonight, folks. Uh, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us here on Hot 107.5 for uh, Orders of the Day. Um, our in-studio guest tonight was Dr. The Honorable Hewitt F. Brown, our former Premier of B Bermuda, and took the time out to come in and uh, take your calls. And uh, we really appreciate that. Have a good evening. God bless. And uh, enjoy what's left of Father's Day. Thank you. Good night. Hot 107.5. Still going strong. They keep everything high. You know, all the stuff you hear in the clubs, you know, stuff you be jamming to on, on the videos, you know what I'm saying? That's what I like. Let's go! Believe the number one radio station. That's what I be digging. Hot 107.5. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the ownership, management, or staff of Hot 107.5 or Inner Island Communications Limited.
you know this is Calibots. And right now you're in tune to the biggest body station out of Bermuda at 107.5. Keep it locked straight, you know. 107.5. WHTFM Bermuda. Hot 107.5. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the ownership, management, or staff of Hop 107.5 or Inner Island Communications Limited. With host speaker Kim Swan. Be listening again next Sunday for more thought-provoking discussion of relevant current affairs. Orders of the day. Heard every Sunday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here on Hot 107.5 FM. Mind how that 
we've got the Slim Jams on the Quiet Storm. Hot 107.5.
You've been 
song after another the quiet storm hot 1075 Call me. 